0: Listening to the Miracle Word Podcast, we believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr.
1: I wanted to come on with you guys today with Carolyn and, uh, and talk about this because we've been We've been talking about it personally, and I thought it'd be a really great topic for us to talk about on the broadcast. (laughs) Uncle Tim. (laughs) (laughs) He said, I'm getting old. Um, How to, and you saw it in the description, how to, uh, practical steps to protect your house. Good to see you too, Karen. Um, What do I mean by that? Well, I'm not, I'm not talking about from the virus. I'm talking about actually protecting your house, no matter what's going on. This is going on, whatever else is happening throughout the world as the generations get closer and closer to the return of Jesus Christ, there is a real spirit of antichrist that's at work in the world. You know, if you don't think that there's a plan to come after your children and to come after your grandchildren and to come after you, you've not been paying attention to what's going on. I mean, Carolyn and I, the other day, you know, sometimes the kids, and it's it's crazy because they sneak these things in to kids. But, you know, our, our little son, Teddy, was just watching kids' YouTube and watching some stuff on uh, different apps for kids. And these are four kids, by the way. And uh, she was doing something in the kitchen, and she she just heard... Oh, no,
0: that that's a show on Netflix.
1: On, on Netflix.
0: Yeah, kid, kids' Netflix. But it was still Netflix. kids'
1: Netflix. Oh, it no, wasn't adult it, Netflix. It was
0: a cartoon. It was like a, a hero show. Yeah. It would have been like anything else.
1: And so she's in the kitchen. She's hearing the audio... From a kid's show and um, it was like a little little girl like trying to kind of flirt with a little boy or something like that on the show and kind of, you know, like uh, just, you know, complimenting him, kind of coming after him a little bit and the, the little boy was basically like.
0: He said, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm gay.
1: Like pushing <laughs> a homosexual like, lifestyle what? in a kid's cartoon. In a kid's cartoon, my son's three years old. Carolyn came out and she was like, uh, no. She took it and turned it turned it off. You've got that going on. And no freaking out. Like, you
0: train your kids.
1: We don't watch that.
0: Yeah. It's just simple. And I said, listen, Teddy, you know, even at three, you talk to them. You don't Mm -hmm. have to come at them with everything. Your kids are smart. And and it's good that they get the understanding of what you're doing. Hey, I am all for... I, because I said so, my word's good enough. I'm all, I'm that mom. I'm all for that. But I'm also a mom that's big on explaining and talking to your kids right. and forming that relationship with this is why we do it. And, and because unto the Lord and to your parents. Yeah. And so at three, I walked over and I said, Hey Ted, I was like, that show is not for us. I said, not all shows are for our ears and right. eyes, ears to listen to and eyes to watch. And so mommy wants you to put on something else that's not pleasing to Jesus and it's not pleasing to, to mom. Right. And a simple, okay. And he's never tried since. He's never gone back to it. And we've moved on from it. Exactly. But the the whole, <laughs> like, I see a lot of parents go into that, like, freak out mode, you know, and, and yep. it's like, w- wait a second we don't have to give glory to that or make it a big deal. Let's just explain the direction we're supposed to be taking our lives, and this is why.
1: Right, yeah, it's very important. I like what Amber said, my kids know to watch their gates. And that's what you have to teach. You have to teach the importance of watching what your ears hear, watching what your eyes see, because it's what allows those contents to go into your heart. And that's why the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, Above all else, guard your heart, for out of it flow the issues of life. Everything that happens in your life flows out of your heart. It's where your confession comes from, it's where your belief system comes from, it's where your honor for others comes from. And so it's interesting how you start to realize that uh, there are some things that have uh, purposely are trying to indoctrinate our kids with a demonic uh, atmosphere. I'm going to give Kristen a shout out. She said she can't start her morning without it. Indoctrination, hard at work is exactly right. It's like I was walking the other day. We were in North Carolina. Remember this? With <clears throat> Pastor Brian and Nicole Wright. And uh, you you, uh, you just go through the mall. And I posted this on my Instagram because it ticked me off. I walked past a regular mall uh, store. It was like a, a store for teenagers to buy their clothes. And I look up <clears throat> in the... Um, I look up in the in the shirt section. And they've got it hanging right in the window of the store, and it's like and You guys have heard me talk about it. It's supposed to be funny, you know. They got like uh, like little children with holding their stuffed animals all standing around a pentagram, uh, and then a kid laying in the middle of the pentagram with candles all around him, and the big bold writing across the shirt said "Let's summon demons," and the the little text at the top said "Activities for children." You know, it was kind of like a play on that whole Dick and Jane, like, starter That's books. what
0: they looked like. They looked the like the Dick and Jane the kids. girl had the frilly socks on the Mary Jane shoes holding right. the teddy bear next yeah. to the guy laying on the
1: ground. You know, they're all smiling like it's fun and funny. And it says, let's summon demons. And then on the top, activities for children. And, you know, that stuff. And that, and once I posted that, I, had, I started having people. It was a t-shirt. And I started having people from all over the country sending me pictures on Instagram. It's in our stores too. And it was a sweatshirt. It was all this different stuff. You've got, they're they're even marketing like Ouija boards to children now, like uh, packaged two children to actually access the demonic realm. Uh, You know, and, and I understand like there's a difference, right? So, you know, there's a difference in media between trying to push the demonic on somebody. Like for example, just because something has magic in it you know, in a story or something doesn't mean that it's, it's this. it doesn't have the same backing to it as something else with an agenda. Like, for example, if you were to watch like, for example, the the classics uh, in literature, like Lord of the Rings series or The Hobbit or something like that, where you have a wizard or, or something like that. Well, they're not trying to push the demonic uh, onto your life, you know, and try to engage you in the demonic realm. Whereas something like if you were to watch, like I was scrolling the other day through Netflix and they had a, sh- a show come out and I think it's just a remake, but they made it way darker. It was a uh, a remake of that um, show, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And so it, I, I watched the preview because as I was scrolling, you know, those previews autoplay.
0: Yeah, because the original, when <laughs> it we were like a kids, comedy. was super lighthearted.
1: Yeah, so, and it wasn't it was- like magical and like demonic and no. all this. Um, and and so I was watching, and the, the the thing played for Sabrina, the teenage witch, and it's like dark magic, like it's very dark. human sacrifices, blood sacrifices, um, and like you know, that.
0: Animal head with the horn. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: The goat head and everything. Walking but around. The sign of people, Satan, basically. Yeah. Like um, you know, in all the of that forest. Like where she has to choose to do blood, dark magic to be to truly become a witch. And, you know, it's all her, her whole her friends and families, all witches doing dark sacrificial magic and all this <laughs> stuff. But then they then they mask it on top with, you know, upbeat pop music and a few jokes in the dialogue and make it really kind of cool, cool and fashion. energy for the kids. Yeah, fashionable. And, and what are they doing? Well, it's just a packaging to uh, to to feed you a a, a demonic uh, anti-Christ agenda mindset to get your kids. You know, what are they trying to do? They're trying to uh, desensitize the minds of young people to begin to get them to move in a certain direction. You know, if you can get start kids to start getting used to. Um, uh, homosexual and lesbian relationships at a, a, at the age of three, then by the time they're 15, they won't think anything at all about homosexual relationships or maybe even thinking maybe I'm a homosexual, maybe I should experiment in homosexuality, whatever it might be. It's a desensitizing or of like the mind. like the
0: transgender, like those dolls at Absolutely. Target now where you get a box of a doll mm-hmm. that's plain and then you can make it a boy or a girl. Or you can mix and match. They play it off. A boy with high heels. Oh, yeah. It's however you want to dress it. It's just like a dummy doll and then you can do whatever you want whatever you quote unquote feel like making them that day and 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 a lot of people think oh my gosh you're being so ridiculous but like he says it's desensitizing and it's letting them know if they play with it this way and as they get older and they meet a friend that's battling it or Mm -hmm. someone in school or something then they're gonna be like Right well, that's okay. Like, yeah. it's no big deal. They're just testing <clears> it out. They're just trying it. Maybe that's just how they feel. Yeah. You know, the whole world wants you to go by feelings, emotions, and that's not how we're right. supposed to live our life. Well, it's
1: like, you know, Chelsea's saying, at Target, they have Ouija boards marketed for ages eight years old and up. Yeah,
0: they make them look cute. Yeah,
1: right. And it's, it's next, insane. Next,
0: it's going to be like... You know how they have themes like they make uh, Minions, you know, Monopoly and stuff. Mm -hmm. Next they'll have like frozen Ouija boards and things that kids will learn to play with and see what they can talk to. And then your kids (laughs) are now... um, here, you know, in the Bible, it says that we're supposed to understand and hear and decipher the the voice of our shepherd. We're the sheep. And where is that in John? Where mm-hmm. is that? That's John, right? Because I just read no, it to no, Brooklyn it the other The voice other day. of the shepherd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so. My and, sheep know my voice and the so, strangers they will not and follow. And so when you play around with this stuff you're gonna end up learning to hear a different voice. And it clouds not, the voice. Not the correct voice. Right. And then you're gonna be like wavering and kids are gonna grow up not understanding which voice is loud and clear. Right. And, and I, I just spoke on the, my podcast this morning. It's like, when you make a decision on something, I know my shepherd's voice. Yep. And I know, I know the sound, I know the tone. Just like when I have to call my kids or he's gotta call it. His voice sounds a lot different than the neighbor's voice. If it to call their name, right. he know they know dad's voice, yes. and so that's what you have to get to your children. Is they can't be around this stuff because then it mucks up the waters on what they're supposed to that's supposed right. to hear.
1: That's exactly right. And you know what's interesting too is um, when a voice of authority. <clears throat> if you'll teach your kids to value right. that voice of authority and understand what it means. It's like if I can even hear my kids giving my wife a problem and I'm in here and they're out in the kitchen or something, I can just shout out there their name and everything becomes quiet. You know, I can yell Ted or Madeline or Brooklyn, whatever, and whatever was happening before. <laughs> they might run in here. <laughs> you know, it, and, it, and it becomes quiet. You know why? They just heard the authoritative voice of their father and they've learned what it means when I speak. And when they hear my voice in the way they just heard it, they know the connotation of what it is. Uh, you know, it's it's different if I was if I were to say like, "Hey Teddy," you know, when he wakes up in the morning, and if he's causing problems, say, "Teddy," you know, something like that. He can tell the difference because of the connotation. When the Lord speaks to you, it's interesting to know that the Lord will speak to you sometimes in a comforting way. When you're being attacked and you need peace or you need joy, the Lord will come and speak to you in a comforting way. He's your comforter. But then there are other times where you're getting off track. You're getting off the path. You're getting off his plan. And he'll speak to you in a corrective way. And you'll feel that check in your spirit. And you know the voice of the Lord saying, don't go that direction. Go, don't go that way. Come back to the way I'm calling you to go. My sheep know my voice and a stranger's they won't follow. If you don't teach your children to hear the voice of the Lord. They're in danger of missing what the Lord wants them to do in their life. You know there's many Christian children and teenagers and college age that still don't know what they're supposed to be doing with their life. That still don't know which way they should go because they've not been taught to hear the voice of the Lord. Probably the most important thing. I mean outside of reading the word of God and everything that any ch- child of God can learn is how to be led by the Spirit. It's the most important thing. Because uh, a positive leading is so much better than a hundred negative warnings. Well, let me give you an example. It wouldn't do you any good if you used Google Maps to type in where you wanted to go, and then once you hit enter on that, all <laughs> Google Maps did was, let's say for example, you are going to Disney World. <clears throat> And you hit Disney World, enter, start Start trip. It wouldn't do you any good if Google Maps just started shouting, don't go to Arizona, don't go to Maine, don't go to California, don't go to Michigan. It's like, okay, I don't wanna know all the things I shouldn't do. I don't wanna know where I shouldn't go. I want you to lead me where I should go. That's why I said one one positive leading by the Holy Spirit is better than 100 negative warnings because there's a ton of things you shouldn't do, but there's one thing you should do. And by knowing the one thing, all of the other things fall into place. If I know, for for example, from where I'm living, I have to go north to get to Orlando. But if I know that, then when I hear to jump on this uh, interstate and to go north, I know that once I hear that command from the thing to go north. I don't have to wonder. Well, should I go east? Well, should I go west? Well, should I go south? I don't have to. I don't have to think about all the things I shouldn't do because I have a positive command about what I should do. I heard the instruction uh, in 500 feet. Get on the ramp to go north. Okay. Well, once I have that instruction and it's clear in my mind, I don't have to think about all the things I shouldn't do because I know where I want to go and I know what's going to take me there. Yeah, and so that's the key. And I wanted to read to you Proverbs chapter four and uh, <clears throat> verse twenty three. Listen to Proverbs four twenty three. The Bible says, "Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life." What does it say in the? Uh, not in you're there. not in it. Let me re- let me pull it up in the beautiful life application study Bible in genuine leather. Um, Proverbs, this is what we send to all of our partners, Proverbs chapter four and verse 23, listen to the new living, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. Think about that. Now I want you to recognize something. The book of Proverbs, if you don't know, and by the way, we're going through the book of Proverbs with your kids this month in Miracle Word Kids and if you didn't know that, you can also join us. It's not too late to jump in. Look yeah, at this. Every day. We're doing the Miracle Word Kids Bible Reading Mission for the month of March. We're taking them through the book of Proverbs, one chapter a day. And uh, it's not too late. Jump in, go to the website, download the plan, and uh, for free, get involved with us. But let me. if you don't know what the book of Proverbs is for, listen to this. Proverbs chapter 1. These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline, to help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives, to help them do what is right, just, and fair. These Proverbs will give insight to the simple and knowledge and discernment to the young let the wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance. So understand that's the purpose of the book of Proverbs. So with all of the Proverbs do those things, make you wiser, help you live a disciplined, successful life, all the Proverbs do that for you. But when the writer of Proverbs says to you, above all else, this is like a proverb above Proverbs. Because Everything in Proverbs is wisdom to your spirit. But when the writer says, now above all else, that means this is the most important thing you'll see inside this book or this collection of writings. Above all else, guard your heart. Above all else, guard your heart. For it determines the course of your life. It determines the course of your life. And so your children have to be trained. You know, we talk about this from Proverbs. The Bible says, train up a child in the way they should go. And when they're old, they'll not depart from it. A child must be trained. We're talking about protecting your house today. How do you protect your house? How do you protect your marriage? How do you protect your relationships? How do you protect your mind? How do you protect your finances? This is how, that you've got to train yourself and you've got to train your children. And training, you know, we've talked about this, Training is different than take your kids to church.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you can just see training now, right? Now everyone's bored at home and they're doing like 19 million workout challenges. <laughs> they're training their body and it's every day and it's competition and it's, I'm going to be better than the next person. And that's what training is. Training your kids every day. When you join the military, it's a daily training. That's at right. At a boot camp. <laughs> It's a daily training because they wanna make sure you're ready for battle at any time the president calls the troops in somewhere. It's not you do boot camp and you pass and you're set and then you just sit around with a uniform on doing nothing. Mm -hmm. You're literally training and keeping in shape, learning how to shoot, learning how to fight every single day. It's your job. Mm -hmm. And so as a parent, it's our job to train our kids every single day right. because just like in anything, it starts with the leadership and it trickles down to right. the rest. So we have to be trained and well, you know, up on our knowledge of the word of God and living right and doing what we're supposed to be doing and doing everything that we're, we're preaching on. Mm-hmm. And it trickles down to our kids and they're sponges. Yeah. They soak up everything that we're doing, everything that it's true. we say. We can't you know, expect our kids. I'll get lots of messages and worried moms and they don't want to read the word of God. And I'm always like, are you doing it? Are you sitting down? Are they seeing you dive into the word? Are they seeing you praise the Lord? Are yeah. they seeing you pray? Because if not, it's just... A lot of hot air coming out to well, tell your right. kids it's, it's to like do that, something you're not even doing. It's
1: like that, you know, the old school, um, you know, people, this became a uh, a colloquialism in America. It's, you know, do what I say, not what I do. Yeah. Do it. That You can't teach people that way. People learn by example. They learn by example. There's That's why parents are like, I can't understand why my kid grew up like that. Well, you have to look at what's going on in your home. You know, if you don't display these things by discipline... <laughs> It's like I'll give you an example, and this this might seem like a harsh example, but it's just straight up true. Um, there is a um, there's a book that was put out by uh, Robert Kiyosaki called Rich Dad Poor Dad, and he he contrasts in the book how he grew up with kind of two dads. One was his friend's dad, and one was his natural father. And his natural father was a poor man, didn't have much money, wasn't good with money, but his his friend's dad was a, a rich man who owned businesses and all this stuff, and he kind of took him in under his wing to teach him how to be successful. And uh, he talks in the book about what he learned from his poor dad and what he learned from his rich dad, and what and the differences were. They taught him not what things to do, but how to think. Because as I'm reading from the scripture, Proverbs four: guard your heart out of it flow all the issues of life or it determines the course of your life. What you believe will actually determine what you do. If you grew up in a home where you were led to believe because of your parents' example, attending church faithfully is not important. And let me tell you, many Christian parents are teaching their kids that by example. How are they doing that? Well, if there's anything else to do, we do that first. If there's travel baseball, if there's a football game, if we're on vacation, if if the lake house is open, if we can get to the lake with our jet skis, if it's a if we have an event, if there's a birthday party, if we don't feel like going, well, we went last week. I mean, they're what they're doing is they might say to their kids, you know, attending church is important, but by what they're doing, right. the, the kid is learning, and when they leave the house, they'll do the exact. Well, my parents never went faithfully to church, and you know, I and and it gets ingrained in them you're teaching them by example. Attending church faithfully is not that important. When the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, as is the custom of some. But as you see the day of the Lord approaching, gather all the more, not the less, gather all the more. And so you're teaching your kids by example that Uh, You know, attending church faithfully is not that important. You know, we'll go when we can, you know, we'll go, the Lord understands. No, the Lord doesn't understand because he gave you a command in his word and he doesn't understand when you don't obey it as his child. And so what's happening is you've got kids that are growing up seeing their parents not care about being faithful to not only the attending church, but faithful to the things of God. You've got kids growing up that see, well, my parents, you know, they're Christians, but you know, they still get drunk sometimes. You know, they still have parties, get drunk. You know, they still, uh, I see my parents all the time screaming, yelling at each other, throwing stuff across the room. My dad, you know, getting angry at my mom. My mom cussing my dad out. You know, they, you know, that's just life, you know, and what you're showing them is what life, what normal life should look like. So they're, they're learning from you by example. So you can't do the whole, um, do what I say and not what I do. You can't teach like that. It doesn't work. Notice what, even the way Jesus taught his disciples, the works that I do, you will do also. Well, how did the disciples learn to do them? By watching Jesus do them. Notice, Jesus didn't say, you know, uh, go and preach the gospel to every creature and himself not go out and preach the gospel at every chance. Jesus preached the gospel at every chance. And then said, now you go do the same. He, he didn't say, go heal the sick, cleanse the leper, freely you've received, freely give. But without himself healing the sick and cleansing the leper. He said, not only am I telling you to do it, let me show you how to do he it. He showed the way. He showed it every he single time. The way. It's how Jesus taught. Do you know this? It's how the apostles taught the early church. What did the apostle Paul say to the Corinthian church? Follow me as I follow Christ. Follow me as I follow Christ. What's he saying? I know Christ isn't here on the earth anymore in bodily form. So you can't follow him like the other apostles used to do. But what you have is me as your example. So watch me live this Christian life. And as you watch me do it, you do the same. Notice that. Follow me as I follow Christ. It's all by example. Do the thing and others will learn by what you're doing, not by what you're saying. And if there's people who are saying a lot of stuff that they don't do in their own life, their words feel very thin. Yeah, their words feel very thin.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it's a big it, one of the main things. I'm. I mean, I get on my kids is, you know, the way the way we act within this family is not going to be just within these walls. That's right. It goes outside of these walls. Yes. I will not have. People compliment my kids. You know, this, this, What? I, how I'm saying it to you is how I say it to our kids. I'm not going to have people com- compliment you guys and then come home and it's a completely different atmosphere. It's fighting. It's bickering, you know, and I get siblings fight and right. I, I, t- I tell them all the time. I'm like, I get people are annoying. People are annoying to me still and we all annoy each other but it's our reaction and how we handle this situation. Right. And so that's stuff that you have to cultivate in the atmosphere of mm-hmm. of your home. And uh you know what what we're talking about today are practical steps because um it it needs to be that way. Some stuff is just so uh, people over spiritualize things and it takes it way out of control. And, and when you over, you know, <laughs> when you over spiritualize stuff, kids want nothing to do with it. They yeah. just are like, my parents are weird. Yeah, they get weird. They get angry. They don't want, they don't want to uh, be involved in it. Right. They think it's like over the top. And really, that, that parent has no control. The, the, a lot of the stuff that they're doing is out of fear. Of course, yeah. The parent is teaching them out of fear and they think they're not. They think they're being so holy about it, but they're not taking the practical steps to ensure that in their house.
1: Well, not to mention, you know, take every training moment seriously with your kids. Take every... I had one just recently and, um, you know, my wife and I talked about it and I saw one of my children doing something that I didn't appreciate being a little bit devious um, in action and you know just because I could tell because I know I know how kids are I was a kid and I did this probably some of the same things but I could tell doing something that they shouldn't have been doing and then when dad or mom came in the room trying to act like they weren't doing it or or whatever and I and I'm not dumb <clears throat> I can quickly pick up on that kind of stuff as I'm sure many of you parents can and uh, so I told Carolyn I said they're, they're doing this, and I know that they're trying to hide it from me and hide it from you when we come around. They don't want us to know that they are doing it. It wasn't anything uh, a big Yeah, what deal. they
0: weren't doing was bad. It was the action. It was the
1: action of trying yeah. to hide it that was bad. And, <laughs> it was uh, sneaky. You know, like, for example, I'll tell you Aunt what it was Stephanie. because it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> but, you know, um, you know, we we want our kids, uh, we're taking actionable steps to guard the hearts of our children as we're preaching to you today, as many of you are doing with your children, guarding the hearts of our kids. My kids aren't old. My kids are 10, six, and three. They're young. Their hearts are young. Their minds, I wanna keep them pure. I don't be like. well, she's 10. She'll find out what this world's like soon enough, so let's just push her out into it. No, I want to guard their hearts. I want them to stay pure and holy and separated, not, not sheltered, not sheltered and weird guarded. I'm stewarding those gems that God gave me. And so one of the rules that we have for our kids is uh, we don't let our kids watch YouTube. I know YouTube is like the most popular thing for any kid to watch in this day and age. It's more popular than Netflix, anything else. Kids love to watch YouTube. And so we've made a rule, you know, that if we only allow them to watch kids YouTube, and even then we have to guard some things even on kids YouTube, sadly but there was a Christian there's a channel of these Christian people that do like shows they have their own channel and um not all of their shows are on kids YouTube some of them and maybe the majority of their shows are on their actual YouTube channel and so we don't let our kids have the actual YouTube app on their iPads and so um I could tell something was up and uh you know I went in and and, and finally it was, and I talked to her about it and I said, what's, what is going on? I can tell that you're getting all uh, nervous and you're getting out of an app every time I come in and what, what are you doing? Just talk to daddy. I didn't go in screaming at her. You better tell me what's going on, right? I mean, I just talked to daddy to daughter, tell me what's going on, you know, talk to daddy about it. And she, she said, well, and you know, our kids are so soft that, that, she automatically she started tearing up. She do said, anything. "Well, I, I, She said, "My, my show. The the kids that I follow, the Christian kids that do the show. Not all their, not all of their um, shows are on Kids YouTube. A lot of them are on um, on regular YouTube. And because I don't have the YouTube app, I was going on the web browser and just going to the website YouTube and, and watching their shows. But I didn't want you to know because I would get in trouble for being on regular YouTube. And so I, and I, and I use that as a teaching moment. You know, to say, well, listen." If there's things like that, you're watching a Chris, Christian kids doing their Christian YouTube channel, I said, you just tell dad or you tell mom, hey, I can't find all their shows on kids' YouTube. I'd like to watch them on regular YouTube. I said, daddy will approve that and say, that's fine. You can, you can watch that. I said, but then hiding it and doing it secretly and trying to be devious and deceptive about it is more wrong than than going on and, and just watching uh, adult YouTube. I, you know, Watching adult YouTube is not wrong. There's just things on it that could be wrong for you. Yeah, I said, so tell dad, tell mom, hey, I would like to watch the rest of these shows on regular YouTube but because they're not on the kids. And I said, well, we'll say that's fine. I said, but don't ever lie about it. Don't ever be deceptive about it. Don't be devious about it. That gets you in more trouble. Like for example, one of the things we ta- teach our kids is if you do something wrong... You know, if you get into a fight with your sister or brother and somebody gets hit or smacked or hair pulled or whatever. (laughs) Sounds
0: like a wrestling match when you said that. It's about It can be around
1: here, though. And and I say, (laughs) you know what? If I come out and ask you what happened and she says, well, he he hit me or she hit me. If I come out and you say, I didn't do it and you're lying to me, you know, if you you get in trouble for hitting your brother's sister, it can be over and done with and I can correct it. But if you then lie about it, If you start lying to me or lying to your mom, there's much more of a penalty involved for lying to me and lying to your mother than there is for the actual thing you did. Just be truthful about it and understand the correction. But if you start lying and trying to hide, that's when you get into real trouble. So what are we doing? We're taking these moments as important training moments for those kids. I'm not going to just let it pass. And say, well, you know, they're kids, they'll lie sometimes. No, my kids will not be liars. My kids will not be liars. They will they will tell the truth. They'll have integrity. And that starts by uh, uh, correcting and addressing uh, deceptiveness and lying at the moment it happens. And not allow them to just do whatever they want to do. That's right, Sarah Perez said, one of our greatest responsibilities as parents is to teach our children to be honorable. Train them up.
0: That's, that's why one of the
1: things we confess from Revelation 5. That,
0: and that's one of my biggest things too as I, why I started nonstop Mom because um, a lot of moms, I think, feel like they're discredited or they don't have a job. I mean, society will tell you that. If yeah. you're not out working in the house oh, you've be in the or workforce. you're not you know sitting at home on a computer bringing in the big bucks, uh, not that you can't do that, But if it's not your season right now, and the only thing, your only responsibility is keeping your house in order, and keeping your children to serve the Lord, Mm -hmm. and having a phenomenal relationship with your husband, if that is it, and the only thing you do until the Lord comes back, you have honored the Lord, and you have done what God's called you to do. Don't discredit yourself. This is what He's called you to do, Everything else is extra. Absolutely. Yes, he's anointed your mind to either start a business. Yes, he's anointed your mind if you have to go out to work and that's just something you have to do Mm -hmm. for your family. Do it with excellence and do it because God's given you that mind and that gift to do it. But don't discredit yourself as a mom right. when you are with your children, that is your job and that is your main calling. Mm-hmm. Because a lot, I find a lot of moms kind of kick in the dirt and they're just like, you know, what am I doing? Right. This is, this, you know, this is not what I thought I would be doing in life. And it's like, don't think everything else is so great. Exactly. Yes, it is great. But this this is far important. If totally your true. kids are raised up and don't know the things of God, right? Then then you know, Cora, it, I would it, even
1: say stewardship over your family is more important than other areas. Absolutely, Be- because remember this: you are crafting lives that will leave your house, and they'll go craft other lives. And one of the things my wife is pointing out, and I want to just reinforce this point so strongly, uh, one of the best things you could do go read, <clears throat> go read Dr. Rodney Howard Brown's book, um, "The Killing of Uncle Sam," and understand that there has been an actual uh, an agenda to break down the American family, to break down the strength of the American family, and you know there. You know, that whole uh, term that we had in America, latchkey children, all that, where kids had to come home and let themselves into the house because both parents then now had to start going to work to make ends meet. All that stuff is contrived to break down the home, break down the family. <clears throat> when I look at my wife and all she does, don't allow yourself to say, well, if I put on a pantsuit and went and, and, and to, to be uh, working in an office and have a career and You know, don't allow that thing to feel more validating than being an anointed Holy Ghost mom to your children. Now, listen, I understand there's people watching me that maybe you're in a single parent home. You have to work. I'm not discrediting the fact that many moms, many women, are forced to do that. But if you're a mom that has the ability to stay home and be with your children and do the things that are uh, you're doing to take care of your home, don't ever for a second make yourself think or or allow yourself to be uh, told that what you're doing is less valuable than a woman that goes out and becomes the manager of a corporation or the CEO or CFO. It is, that's a total lie because understand something, those children, your home is so very important. The children, what my wife does with our children, what she does in this home is so vitally important that I couldn't even do what I have to do that God's called me to if my wife didn't do what she is called to do. And she does it with excellence, with complete excellence. Mm-hmm. And and then does all the Thanks. other things. You know, she's not just, you, you understand what that nonstop mom <clears throat> is not just a title that you know, I remember we were coming back from a meeting. Remember, we were driving in the car and we were just yeah. brainstorming. And that, that term came up and we kind of laughed a little bit because like that's what she's doing. And you think about the fact that not just taking care of the kids, teaching this ki- the kids in homeschool, taking care of this home, taking care of the things that I need done administratively. And at the mm-hmm. time, we didn't have the help that we have now. So administrative work for the ministry and then doing stuff where she's ministering to, to those of you that are attached to nonstop mom all of these things while still being an excellent wife and an excellent mother and an excellent teacher, that is valuable. That is valuable. Every woman that's listening to me, what you're doing for your children, they are your first ministry. They're your first ministry. Those children need what you're pouring into them. You're crafting their lives and then sending them out And the Bible teaches us that as you're training them, I mean, because I know there's many mothers that are watching that are many times a single parent. Maybe the husband left or he's not around anymore.
0: That's why I said that if they don't have the opportunity to be at home when they are with their children, Mm -hmm. pour in everything you have and don't be like, I'm too tired to train, I'm too tired to do this you just have to work a little bit harder but it's doable and possible and God's given you the strength and he's anointed you to be able to do it all. I, you know, I used to read Proverbs 31 and be like, "Ah, I don't even I don't make clothes. I don't yeah. do any of that stuff." But you have to realize that <laughs> match it up with this day and age. You can do everything and and that woman was busy. She balanced it all. She had a full plate and she did it well. And I encourage you, mm-hmm. husbands, praise your wife Mm -hmm. praise your wife for what she's doing she's home with the kids tell her how wonderful it is tell her that what she's doing is keeping this family you know in this state of of love and joy and and bless her for doing it because you know like we're talking sometimes you think that it's not a real job and you know nobody sees what i'm doing i'm cleaning a mess all day i'm vacuuming but that doesn't matter you're doing it unto the lord Mm -hmm. but husbands encourage your wives pray for them yeah speak words of encouragement love on them because they're doing a phenomenal job yeah. raising your children and keeping that atmosphere, keeping that tone in the home. And, and you know, they need to hear it.
2: Absolutely. They, they
0: need to hear it. So I encourage you to do that today with moms that are staying home and moms that are working. You know, we're trying to do it and pull it together.
1: Let me encourage Shamara because... <clears throat> She said, being a working mom, I feel opposite, like I'm being stretched thin and working and pouring into my kids. But let me just remind you of something that's encouraging. This is not the state you're gonna be in for the rest of your life. It's a season. It's a season of your life. Yeah. It's a season that's very important. Uh, you know, They're gonna grow up, they're gonna get old enough to start taking care of themselves and doing stuff on their own. You are in, in a very important season that takes extra effort. And, and that's understandable. It does take extra effort. And it's something the Bible teaches us must be done. And so uh, you're doing what you, you're you called to do. You're doing what you should do. I commend you as yeah. a hardworking mom that's also training up godly children. But remember, Carolyn, tell them about that. You felt like I, it was a season. I you know? have felt
0: like that lots of times. I'll come to him and be like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I could do it all. But But then there's times where I'm like super relaxed. Yep. Not that I'm like high strung anymore. Well, even ta- talk about how you, know you used I mean? to be like, like,
1: I don't even know if I should be out on the road coming to these meetings because I don't ever get to sit in the meeting. I don't ever get to be on the phone. Yeah. And
0: road. <laughs> that, that was, that was how I felt before I started nonstop mom and really understood my value in my position and really understood my identity in Christ and that raising these kids to the next generation to be even stronger in faith than their dad and I, to be powerful. You know, realize that that was a job in itself and a highly credible job. And so when I used to go out on the road, I was in nursing rooms and I was never in a meeting and I was always in the lobby. And for a while there, I was like, Um, I could just stay home and work part time because my job, I was a real estate paralegal before I went off on the road and they, they didn't want to see me go. So Mm -hmm. I had the temptation of working part time and doing this and feeling like I needed to contribute financially to, to the family. And I am thankful for a wonderful husband that always encouraged me and was like, listen, the Lord's gonna take care of us. I don't want you to go back. I want you to focus on the kids, and and that is something I had to realize. And I would go to these meetings, and I'd be like, I'm getting dressed, I'm putting makeup on to do what? To sit in a dark room and feed a child,
1: or sit in the lobby <laughs> and,
0: and, while they and why eat can't puffs. I, yeah <laughs> and run circles? <laughs> and it's like, you know, what am I doing? I, I and then I could have said, well, I could just stay home at this time. And then I can go on the road when they're older. But you know, realistically, if I did that, I would be so set in a different schedule that I wouldn't want to be on the road later. The
1: more important thing was our unity. That was the more important thing, is for her to be a part of everything that was going on in our meetings, in those environments, even if it was just in the lobby hearing the service, even if it was just in a nursery hearing the service to be there, to be in the anointing. The more important thing than convenience was our unity for her to be a part of everything that was going on. And and you understand, I'll get into this because we're gonna talk about some practical steps. Uh, We're talking about practical steps to to protecting your home. One of the things you have to protect is your marriage. One of the things uh, that you have to put as top priority and we put it as a priority above our children and people so there's people that have talked to you know that, that think that we're a little you know crazy for that because the people no one says that kind of stuff well kid the kids are first in our house they're not first <laughs> the kids are not first cuz <clears throat> let me tell you what happens to put the people that put their kids first above their husband and wife the people that put their kids first above their husband and wife and invest all their time all their efforts and all their emotions and energy into those kids the kids then go to college and leave and get married. And then at the end, you've so distanced yourself kind of from your like husband or wife. Blinking
0: at roommates.
1: You have a roommate. <laughs> you have a roommate. You don't have a husband or wife. We've seen it happen. And it's what wor- then people have to rediscover how to be friends. and Rediscover, rediscover how to be a husband or a wife. My it's, favorite
0: it's, words. We need to rediscover on the, the journey of life. Yeah.
1: It's like, I, I have no desire for If you're going to use
0: the word journey around me, just play their music.
1: And, and I love... <laughs> <laughs> and I and I and we I don't care. You know, about we spend, we 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 really pour into our journey. kids. You know, we're really around the kids and we're blessed to be around them a little bit more because of homeschool stuff.
0: I love doing life with you no, don't say on that. this journey Stop. of life, brother Ted, because we're just gonna Come on. push through in this life of doing it together. I hate
1: <laughs> We give our kids a lot of time and a lot. <laughs>
0: That's about all I'm doing. And a
1: lot of attention. (laughs) But you know what? We tell our kids. We tell them, you know, it's time for you to go to bed. Mom and Dad want to hang out. We want to hang out together. We're going out on dates together. You're staying home. Big Maddie's coming. (laughs) We have have, uh, Miss Sarah that was was commenting. Her daughter Maddie. We call her (laughs) Big Maddie because our daughter's Maddie and she's littler than Big Maddie. And they were
0: little and that's how they started calling her. Because
1: if they said Maddie, they thought it was our... Our daughter, Maddie, and she'd get nervous. Like, I'm staying home to watch the kids. I'm only six. But <laughs> they start calling her Big Maddie because she's like, you know, getting ready to go to college. But, you know, big. we tell them, Big Maddie's coming and, and you guys are staying home with Big Maddie and, and we're going, <laughs> Mommy and Daddy are going out. And, and, and let me tell you, <clears throat> you say, well, you know, it, it, you should really be spending that time with your children. No, I need that time with her. She needs that time with me. You know what? She needs to be able to go out to the mall and shop for stuff without having three kids, you know, annoying at each other, yelling at each other, getting bored in a clothing store. She needs to be able to just go out and have time of silence where it's just like, I'm not having people trying to smack each other and I'm asking for a drink and can I have an Annie Ann's pretzel and mom is there candy? Can I have a piece of gum? Can I have a soda? Can we get food in the food court? Can we go to a toy store? Can we go into Claire's? Can we get a look at it? And it's like, she just needs time to have to herself where she can just drink a coffee and look at some clothes, go out to a dinner without having to clean up three spilled drinks, you know, whatever. Just time for her, time for me. Those are important things, husbands that are watching. Um, You need to invest time into your uh, wife. You need to invest time into your marriage. Anything that you don't invest in, anything that you don't focus on, begins to break down. That's just truth. I mean, the whole universe is based upon uh, the second law of thermodynamics, which is entropy. Everything doesn't go towards order. Everything goes towards chaos, if you don't know that. Anything that is not attended to goes towards chaos. I know that was a little deep to just drop on you out of the blue. But the second law of thermodynamics is the law of entropy. It meaning everything starts maybe in order, but it goes towards chaos. Think of it this way. If you built a sandcastle at the beach, At the moment you completed the sandcastle, it's in perfect order the way you made it. Give it 10 minutes. The wind blows. The shore uh, is being hit with the waves. And your sandcastle that started in order has now. You come back the next day and it's gone. Why? Everything that's not. But you could stand there and continue to fix it. Every time the wind blew it, build it back up. Every time the waves hit it, pack it back in. You could stand there and you could actually continue to invest your time in it and it'll stay in order. But if you just leave it to its own devices, law of entropy, it goes to chaos. Anything that you do not invest in and stay attending moves towards chaos. And so if you've got a marriage that you just don't attend to, if you've got a marriage that you just let sit, it moves towards chaos, not towards order and not towards uh, uh, what would end up being a flourishing relationship. So it takes, you've got to attend to it. It's just like a garden. You have to go in and do work in the garden. You've got to pull the weeds. There are weeds in relationships. There are things that you have to work through. There are things that annoy her that I had to learn annoyed her so that I could use them again and again to annoy her. No, I had to learn. You know, when I first got married to her, our personalities, our personalities are way more uh, the same now than they were when we got married, for sure. For sure. Because I had to learn uh, how she dealt with you know, if she got angry or frustrated or upset, because it's not the way that I had dealt dealt with it, because she had a much different way of, of dealing with things, didn't you? And you'd have to learn. And uh, and I, I would get upset, like if you would cry about something or something like that. And she's not a crier, but there'd be times that she'd be so frustrated uh, that she you know she'd tear up or something. And I'd say, why are you crying? And she's like she would have to explain to me. I'm not crying. This is just how I react. If I get angry or frustrated, I might tear up. Or she might want to go have time to cool down before. I'm one of the guys like, let's talk about it right now. We need to talk about it right now. We need to get it resolved. And, you know, Pretty much. And so, and we <laughs> had to learn. We had to learn that I'm dealing with the way her personality is. She's dealing with the way my personality is. But then as you understand those Chelsea,
0: things, can I get a witness?
1: <laughs> and so you had to understand those things. And as we did, what happens? To be openly communicative about them. It allows you to come into unity and it actually allows you to come into a place where you have a fruitful relationship versus a, a, a relationship that goes into chaos because you never talk about those things, you never deal with those things. And let me tell you one of the things that's helpful for men and women don't let pride enter your relationship. Because let me tell you something pride will never say, I'm sorry. Pride will never be humble enough <clears throat> to make the peace. Pride says, well, I'm just going to, you know, what happens to many, many, many relationships. Well, I'm just not going to talk to him until he does what he knows is right. And many times the husband doesn't even know what you expect him to do. But yeah. wives won't tell. Well, you should know. You should know what you did. You sh-. And you know, there's, there's some people that'll keep that thing pent up. It happened nine months ago. Husband didn't even remember it. And you're still holding it in your craw and sitting there waiting for him to apologize. And then one little fight breaks out or a disagreement. You pull that thing out from nine months ago and start screaming about it. And nobody even knows what you're talking about. And so like you're sitting there. He should know. Well, he should know by now. Been married to me this long. He should. And and, and you got to learn how to forgive and forget. Forgive and forget. And don't let pride creep in. Well, he's not getting any. He's not getting any until he knows to do what he should do. He can sleep in a different room for all I care. And what happens? Moves towards chaos. Moves towards (laughs) chaos. Moves towards chaos. Let everything be done in love and humility. Two elements. Put these in the comments, every person that's watching. Two elements that will keep your relationships in perfect working order. Two. Love and humility. Thank you, Daryl, I love you. No, I love you,
0: Daryl. Love
1: and humility. There's only two. I mean, think about that. If everything was just done in love and in humility, it would literally destroy 90% of the friction that was in your relationships. Love and humility. Tyler said, "What's a craw? My grandma always had things stuck in there." She said,
0: <laughs> "I know. I was going to say that too. Is that like I don't know.
1: I do not know the etymology lock of craw. A lockbox
0: in your belly? No, no,
1: no. I don't know. I don't know what it is. You should Google it. Um, but <laughs> seriously, love. I always
0: wonder that too when people say that.
1: Love and humility.
0: Like it's a, a colloquial. Crow? I have to look it's it up. It's a black crow.
1: Not a crow. I know. <laughs> look at it. look at Ephesians. <clears throat> Let's look at Ephesians together."
0: What? Who's going to get there first? Sword drill. Got it. Five. I'm already there. Oh. I'm already there. Son oh. of a... <laughs> <laughs>
1: Ephesians chapter 5. Listen to this. Wives and husbands. Let's talk about it for a second because people need some help with wives and husbands. Verse 22 of Ephesians 5. Wives, submit yourselves... To your own husbands as to the Lord. That
0: word is so terrible. Amen. Let's close our Bibles and
1: pray. Father, we thank you. No. <laughs> Ephesians 5. It Thanks, is Chelsea. wives, <laughs> stomach of a person. Thank you, Chelsea. Well, that you did. Crawl. You pointed
0: right there. Stomach. So I knew it had something to do with this vicinity. Of
1: a person. Um,
0: Stuck in your stomach. Wives, Get
1: out. submit yourselves to your own husbands. I like that the ESV says that. Your own husbands. means, wives, you don't have to submit to everybody's husband, just your own husband.
0: How do they have <laughs> L- to make that
1: lot clear? A lot of bossy husbands out there. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife. That's not popular today, to hear that phrase.
2: Name. The husband
1: is the head of the wife.
0: Okay. I can I've got hear feminists power.
1: freaking out girl all over power. the place.
0: Girl power, girl power, girl
1: power. I hear feminists screaming sexism all over the place. Sexism. <laughs> Apparently, they're from like the that. South. Uh, They're like old, old Southern yeah. women. <laughs> for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church,
2: <clears throat>
1: his body, and is himself its Savior. Am I boring you?
0: A little bit. No, I'm on this journey with you, Ted. Oh, Let's Lord. go.
1: Let's do life together. Let's and now do as this journey. The, Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Now, look at this. A lot of people love to stop there, but this is is all in context together. It's all in context together, and it's interesting that you have to read it all together to fully understand how this machine works. Verse 25, and husbands, love your wives, and it doesn't stop there because that could be interpreted any way. Well, I do love my wife. No, no. Love the the way that the scripture says. How? Love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water by the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor. You see that? Without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. So the whole machine works together. A wife is supposed to submit to a husband who loves the wife as Christ loved the church. How did he do it? Giving himself for her. So it is a selfless giving love that the husband is to show to the wife that the wife is then to submit herself to. It is not hard to submit yourself to a selfless giving love. However, for Christian wives out there, for Christian husbands out there. Let me say this, although these two things work together in context, remember this, they are commands given to two different people. So even if the other one doesn't hold up their end of the bargain, you're still required by the Lord to hold your end up. Well, I got a wife that just doesn't submit to me, still love her like Christ loves the church whether she's submitting to you or not submitting to you, don't stop obeying your half of the command. Continue to love her as Christ loved the church. So watch this. It's actually me sowing a seed into this relationship, sowing a seed into my wife because I'll continue to sow love and sow love and sow love and sow love. You know what that's gonna do? Produce a harvest, to me, in this relationship, it will produce a harvest. Same thing on the other side. You say, well, my husband doesn't love me like Christ loves the church. He's selfish in our relationship. He does what he wants to do. He never thinks about me, never puts me first. Doesn't matter. Continue to submit to your husband in all things. Submit to your husband as the head of the home and pray for him and pray for him and pray for him and pray for him. And pray for him. I mean, how how quickly do you think a relationship would have been destroyed in 2020 if, like when Smith Wigglesworth's wife came home and said she was saved with the Holy Ghost, he threw her out the front door and locked it, and left her on the front porch all night to or sleep on the Girls today
0: would be slashing tires, not
1: just slashing tires, <laughs> leaving, packing up their bags. You'll not see me ever again. But what did she do? She came in back in the next morning cooked him breakfast. And obviously he got saved with the Holy Ghost and became a powerful man of God. But his wife was saved first. She's the one that brought the glory of God into the home. So love and humility will help every single relationship. Two things. Same with uh, uh, any other thing. You always walk in love. You always walk in humility. Don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to, the Bible says. Don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to. And and at the end of this broadcast, I mean, we want to pray for you, but we want you to understand, what are we teaching you today? Let me me just kind of summarize for those that are watching. There's a training that needs to go on in your home. There needs to be what we call house rules. We need to have our, one thing Carolyn says to the kids all the time, I don't care what other mommies and daddies let their kids do and say and watch. We're not them. We don't allow what they allow. It's Our house rules are not based on someone else's house rules. Ours are based yeah. on the Word of God.
0: Absolutely. That's one of the things I've been saying since... And, and it's not versus saved and unsaved. I even let them know there are plenty parents. of Christian parents. Mm-hmm. And that is what they let their kids do. And... This, we don't. This is what I have to answer for. What's inside of these walls? Right. And I answer mm-hmm. to the Lord. So, uh, you know, you get to the point where you just stand your ground and you say, listen, this is, you know, I even tell them and I'll say, this is how the Shuttlesworths are. And I let them know there's a lot of Shuttlesworths. Mm-hmm. And, but the, the the five that are in this family, this is this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to speak. This right. is how we're going to act. Here, let me teach you, you know, what we believe. And you go from there. You take every moment to teach
1: yeah.
0: uh, your children, to teach what what they need to apply in their life. I, I tell you right now, if the moms that are listening that have young kids, I mean, even teenagers, but as young as you can start to teach them to listen to the voice of God, yeah. you're going to be head and shoulders Yes. As they get into their elementary years and their teenage years above everybody else. If they can learn yep. to understand the voice of God, right.
1: they will have a struggle-free life. And remember, don't say, well, my kids are really too young to be led by the Spirit. No. Our daughters, like there was a time where Maddie was very, no. very young. And she could feel in her spirit that that a show that came onto her iPad she came in and said, "Daddy, and, and wouldn't want me watching this." Because that's Jesus. one of
0: the things. That's what I was uh, saying uh, in the earlier broadcast. Don't don't teach your children how to fear and shelter, and they can't know this and they can't do this, and right. they, ah, you know that feeling that that uh, parents get because I the questions when people ask me, that's how they're coming out with the questions. Like ah, I'm so concerned. Uh, do I teach my kids about the devil? Do I tell them? It's like he's nobody you just teach your kids he's nobody he has no power. It's no big deal we have power over him he's a defeated person he's not allowed in our house like you don't talk about it with such like uh greatness you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it's just like an everyday conversation we tell our kids it's no big deal yes you can show your kids what the devil is and that he was defeated, and right. and what we represent, and the power that we have. So don't ever get nervous about teaching your kids something. Talk to them. It's, Talk to them. I love talking to our kids at no nighttime, and during school. Get to show them examples. It's one of my favorite things to do. Mm-hmm. And and I always sometimes don't feel qualified, but I will in my prayer time. I'll say, Lord. Help me to be the greatest teacher to them, not only in school, but show them when we're reading verses. Like he said, the Miracle Word Kids um, uh, Proverbs that we're doing. Proverbs is one of my favorite books of the Bible, and I recommend everyone reading it at all times. It's a book full of wisdom that we could all use more of. If you come in contact with lots of people, you will realize Proverbs (laughs) needs to be read more. It's true. (laughs) So I instill that, and I'll take verses, and I'll explain to them what it means no and question. how we can be above it.
1: One of the things that we had to learn to do, and let me let me just say this as we're coming to get ready to pray for you. One of the things we had to learn to do, and this is one of the main reasons that people get divorced in America, is that they have disagreements and fights and, and pressure because of financial pressure. And one of the things that we've always uh, endeavored to do as a couple is to be in on the same exact page when it comes to finances. Exact same page. And that means in our giving life. And I'll tell you that the just staying in unity there is a massive thing to where we never, ever had to have a conversation about whether or not we were gonna tithe. Ever. We never ever had to have a conversation about, well, are we gonna give and sow seeds above and beyond our tithe? Never. Never. It was never a matter of, well, well, should we do it? There was a time when we first got married where we were heavily in debt. We had credit card debt hanging over our head. And and we we ever said, well, you know, it would probably be wise for us to pause our tithing in this time when we're getting out of debt and probably pause our giving. No. We didn't pause our tithing. We didn't pause our giving. What a foolish thing to do. And we came into contact with the realization that if you'll honor God above all else, he'll honor you. And it wasn't any matter of time before we were completely out of that and clear of all of that in just a matter of less than two years. And and, and at the time, it seemed like a huge wall to us. But he said, you know what, I don't care what we what we see in the natural, we'll never stop honoring God and putting him first. Tithing will always be done. Giving will always be done. Blessing the poor will always be done. It'll always be number one. So because we're in unity on that, there is a very, very easy road in the finances of our relationship where many couples fight I understand there's many couples where the wife is saved, husbands unsaved, and he says, "Well, I don't want my, I don't want 10 percent of my income going to that church." And you know there are friction things, but as Christian parents uh, and Christian husband and wives, you have to be in unity with what's going to go on financially. And it was interesting, and I thank God for a spirit led wife because one of the things that happened for a number of years, probably like a decade, was that every single uh, offering that we were ever a part of. I was on the platform behind the keyboard leading praise and worship. She was in the cedar in the pew, and there we you know we didn't have time to sit together and say what sh- what do you feel to sow what do you feel to sow. We would just have to feel it in our spirit, and I can't tell you how many times, uh, so 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 many times almost every time that we'd get home and I'd say what did you give today or what did you sow uh, today, and she told me what the Lord put in her spirit to give above our tithes. It would be the exact same thing, right? that I felt in my spirit to give. Because
0: people would ask, people would say, how do you give when right. he's up there? Yeah. It's like, but the thing is, you have to realize is I'm asking the Lord. Right. I'm not asking him. Exactly. I, I If I ever ask him, it's, it's almost like just to see that we both have the same answer. Yes. And you know, and he is the head of the home. And so, but I don't ask him, I'm not up there like, we got signs. Right. The you Holy know, Spirit. one zero zero zero. But the Holy <laughs> I'm Spirit on the platform. It's like I asked the Lord. Yeah.
1: The he's Holy Spirit the God. Lord
0: and, and it comes down and it, it connects us like that.
1: Because it's the same voice speaking to both of us. And so you ask the you be open to the Holy Spirit speaking and you listen for his voice, and then you obey what he tells you to do. The way that you step into supernatural blessing is by obeying the voice of the mighty Holy Spirit when he leads you, when he tells you what to do. And that's why I know how important it is, the harvests that we have coming back to our lives for the future we're gonna live for the Lord. That's why we don't take uh, it for granted what we sow and we never sow flippantly, never. right? You'll never see us just like, pulling a few bucks out of our wallet and throwing it into a, an envelope and say, well, it's offering time. Let's just, you know, we got to look like we're giving something because we're preachers. No, no, we would never. I can't even imagine just like pulling a few, a little bit of cash out of, uh, first of all, I don't carry a wallet, and uh, like a folding wallet, and I don't carry cash like that most of the time. But I can't imagine like, pu- you know, for, for me and her, you know, some say it's offering time, like praise God, let me get a, get, go grab a 20 out of my, Like a $20 bill, seriously? A $20 bill? I mean, for me, I mean, where God's bless us, that would be a slap in the face to Jesus for me to go say, well, I think I'll give a 20 in the offering today. A $20 bill? Many of you know this by now because you know me. I go to Taco Bell and spend double that.
0: This is not like we need to tell people.
1: On tacos, for myself. No, you do have to tell people because you see it happening all the time. Man, it's
0: so gross.
1: Oh, the Taco Bell part? Yes. No, I do love Taco Bell. I'm sorry. Not hey, that you Listen, 20. let me tell you something. They did a study on the meats of fast food restaurants in America. Taco Bell was rated the top most quality meat of all. McDonald's. That was Burger in Aldo. Babylon B. No, it was not. That's yeah. real. Google nope. it. I, how can you say I'm honoring God with a seed? when you do things flippantly that are much more than what you put in the offering plate? How can you go to uh, Taco Bell and spend 40 bucks on you and your family and then give God 20 in an offering? I mean, like that to me is like, it shows you don't care. Shows you don't care about the kingdom, shows you don't care. And I'm not saying that $20, because I've taught this before, it's not about what you give, it's about what's left over. For somebody who gives 20 in an offering, that 20 is all they have, or 20 is, you know, in their bank account for their life, they've got 40. It's a different story. But I'm talking about for where we're at. I can't imagine coming in and throwing 20 bucks or 100 bucks on an offering plate and saying, Praise God, Lord be blessed with that. Like, it doesn't mean the same thing to us. So to stand, I, we, we are never flippant with our offerings. I, let me tell you, if I'm not prepared to give something that takes faith, I don't give. I don't give. For example, I mean, we give a lot. A lot. That's why I said, had somebody that was giving us a hard time on the broadcast last night. They're like, "Well, po- post your giving records." If I, I said if I posted my giving records uh, publicly on here, that person would pee their pants <laughs> to, see, to see what I give away every year. But I don't. You know, I don't go in. I would never sit down and give something that means nothing. How can you give something to the Lord that means nothing to you? I can't do it. You can't do it. And so you have to come into unity and and contact with each other and say, what are we going to do that means something to us? What are we going to do that moves our faith, that moves our heart? Because people always want to know how to be blessed. Like there's some secret, you know, there's people that ask all the time, would you do a teaching on how to be like so financially blessed and step into the favor of God? And you know, like, like I'm going to get like 20 Uh, one steps on how to get into the overwhelming favor of God. It's not 21 steps. It's literally obey what he told you to do. Whatsoever he says unto you, do it. Do it. It's not hard. Hear the voice of the Lord and step out in faith. How do you know what's faith? Faith is a different level for every person. Every person's at a different level of faith and a different level of giving. But you have to be faithful at your level. You've got to be faithful at your level. What God tells you personally to do, you've got to be be able to stand up and say, I am going to do this. Many times you'll say, well, it's hard on my flesh. Sometimes it should be hard on your flesh. God will test you and say, what do you you love more? The things or me?
0: But you know, when it's hard on your flesh and you do it, it feels good. That breakthrough feeling feels good. It's like that conquering, I went up the mountain and I conquered it type thing. And I love that feeling. Putting your flesh under it. It makes me feel like I can go to the next level when mm-hmm. I have that feeling. That's right. So it's like, okay, I think in my mind, I already conquered that. Yeah. Now we can go to the next mountain. Let's go to the next thing. I challenge myself. I challenge my faith. Mm-hmm. You know, you live outside of your comfort zone.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So what we're going to do, and, and, and we felt this on our hearts today. We're going to pray for families at the end of this broadcast. We're going to pray for your children Because let me tell you, there is an antichrist agenda that's out to try to grab them up and try to to lead them into destruction. There is more than ever before. And it's open and it's brazen and they're proud of it. And we're going to pray for your relationships, your husband-wife relationships. And then we're going to pray for your finances and ask the Lord to speak to you and give you a word about an offering that you'll sow that will bring you into the overflow you're believing for out of debt, out of pressure, out of paycheck to paycheck, and into overflow and increase. But let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for every child and every grandchild of those that are watching. Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, we ask you that you would touch the children, keep them from harm and danger, keep them from uh, every perverse spirit that would try to grab them and take them into destruction, Lord, keep them from wickedness, blow your breath from heaven and blow every evil and wicked thing away from our homes, away from our children, away from our grandchildren. We thank you, Lord, that you're keeping them safe from destruction, that they'll not be found at the scene of the crash, they'll not be found mugged in an alleyway or shot up in a school or or found and overdosed in some kind of a drug house, but our children will be divinely protected by the power of the Holy Ghost in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Let our children always know the blessing of the Lord that makes rich and adds no sorrow in Jesus' name. Touch our children and grandchildren. Use them for your glory in a mighty way in Jesus' name. Give them holy desires and a hunger for your spirit and for your word in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, Lord, we pray for husbands and wives, where there's hurt, where there's brokenness, where there is chaos that's been allowed to enter in. We ask you, Lord, to heal every hurt, to restore every marriage, every relationship, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, touch them. I pray that the love that they once felt would be renewed, that the peace in their home would be renewed. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you, Lord, and we give you praise, in Jesus' name, that you're touching relationships and homes, in Jesus' mighty name, we thank you for it and we give you praise. Now, Lord, we ask you to speak to every one of us, speak to every man, speak to every woman watching or listening on the podcast and give them an instruction from your spirit about what they're to sow that will bring them into the overflow that they're believing for. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you for it and we give you glory and praise.
0: Hallelujah.
1: Amen. Now, we're gonna encourage you, those of you that are watching, The Lord is speaking to you about what he's asking you to do. He's speaking to you about uh, a seed to sow. And so we want to encourage you to sow a seed by faith. What do you do? How do you sow a seed by faith? Well, one of the things that you can do is you can go to miracleword.com and you can sow a seed there on the website. Another thing that you can do is you can actually put hashtag donate in the comments if you're on Facebook or Periscope or Twitter. Or if you like to sew by an app, uh, we take PayPal, Cash App, Venmo, and there's many ways you can do it. Many people, there's people even still that are liking to sew uh, by sending a check via the extremely unreliable United States Post Office. If that's what you'd like to do, uh, our address is on the footer of every page of the website when you go to miracleword.com. And so we want to encourage you to take a step of faith today and sow a seed by faith and uh, the Lord will bless you. There's always a harvest that comes back from the seeds that you sow. There's always a harvest that comes back from the seeds that you sow. God will not be mocked, the Bible says. Whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. God is not mocked. I love that verse. Galatians 6, 7. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. And so we thank you for every person that's taken time to sow seed. Are you still getting the broadcast coming through okay? It looked like something stopped there for a second. If you're still getting it, throw a hand in the comment section. Let me know that you're still seeing everything okay. Because it looked like it blacked out. Just making sure you didn't lose me. But (laughs) we want to thank you. And listen, here's what we're doing. Uh, As you know, Everybody that's sowing $85 or more this month, we're sending you this powerful book, The Price of God's Miracle Working Power by A.A. Allen, one of the greatest men of God of this last century, part of the voice of healing, had mighty creative miracles in his meetings. And let me say this, this book is the teaching that Jesus Christ himself gave him in his prayer closet on how to step into miracle ministry. Very, very powerful. And it'll bless you too. It's blessed me. It's blessed many other ministers. And it'll bless you as well and show you what God told him in a time of prayer and fasting that took him into the supernatural realm. And then, of course, for every person that's standing with us at $1,000 or more this month, this awesome, beautiful Bible. I love this. The Life Application Study Bible. Genuine leather. New Living Translation. Tons of notes. So many tools in here uh, to help you study the Bible. I love this. I like it so much, I didn't just get this one. I got the digital version as well, so I always have it on my phone and iPad. This is awesome.
0: Perfect time to get this, because everyone's just sitting home right now. Yeah, exactly. We can study the word of God. It's time to study. (laughs) Make up for lost time. Exactly.
1: (laughs) I told them the Bible. so big. this is so a big, good duel right now. <laughs> I said, the Bible's so big. If I preached with this, carrying it around, this this forearm and bicep would be like much bigger than this one. On no, this side.
0: it's a great one to have around it's the phenomenal. house to, to sit at the table and do some studying.
1: Absolutely. Have some
0: great detailed stuff in there yeah. on different verses.
1: I love it. I really love it. Thank you, Jeanette. Thank you for partnering with us and standing with us. We appreciate you. All of you, those of you that have stood with us in the month of March, you are a blessing to us. We love you guys like very, very much.
0: Momentum is picking up. Don't let what's going on around you to feel like it's lessened or you've come to a halt (laughs) just because you're at home sitting still. Don't. Move forward. That's right. I was doing a, a podcast this morning and one of my points was... Knowing that your harvest is sure. Mm -hmm. And if I can read this real quick before we go, Go I'm going to Psalms 1.
1: Hey, this is our broadcast. We can go as long as we want. (laughs)
0: Psalms 1, starting in verse 2. But they delight in doing everything the Lord wants. Day and night they think about his law. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season with. fail so it doesn't matter that the economy shut down it doesn't matter you know even if unfortunately some people maybe have lost their jobs you are as as a child of god and living a holy and a righteous life you are protected so it doesn't matter what's going on it says without fail you will bear fruit in each season every season their leaves never wither and in all they do All they do, they they will prosper. So never retreat back. This is the time. Get that seed in the ground. Plant plant that seed. That's right. And, and not just here, you know, I don't know what's going to happen next, but keep doing it often because the more seed you have in the ground and your confession is watering it, mm-hmm. the more the harvest comes back. Your harvest is sure, it's in the ground. It's coming back, more seed to sow, more harvest to get. It's a phenomenal cycle that God has set up for us. Mm-hmm. You know, not long ago we were at a church and I felt to bless some kids with some cash and I gave them some money. And so the next night someone came up to me and said, can I give your kids? Mon- your- some money? Mm-hmm. And I was like, sure. And I thought to myself, well, that didn't come back directly to, to me, like for me, right. but it came to my children. And immediately when they, when they asked me, I thought to myself, that's like the Lord. God sent his son, the seed... And that was the seed, and what is the harvest? The children, us, right. we get to reap the benefits package of that massive seed that was sown. So this is not a time to sit back, feel sorry for ourselves, retreat. It's a time to press in, be strong, have faith, That's right. sow seeds, and know that you're you're skipping levels. It, That's it. What's happening around you doesn't determine. Uh, what's within within your life. That's right. This is what determines it. So I encourage you today, thank you for standing with us. Thank you for giving. Thank you for pushing the gospel forward. Thank you for helping us feed the children that we do every day, those three meals. You know, we appreciate it to the extent. And for partnering with us, you can go to our website and do the Mighty Men and Women and stand with us every month. That's right. And get all the, the stuff. You know, we've, we're we mailing out stuff every month to you yeah. as a way to say thank you and to keep you in the word and to keep this Building in front of you. To build your faith. This is not a time to slow down right. and, and take a staycation. This <laughs> is a time. This is an opportunity, I believe, for Christians to press in. In harder, right? right? Not take this and be like, "Oh, well, I'm gonna st- kick my feet up and enjoy this." Right. This is—he's giving you a time in your life to study, to prepare, and yeah. to to become even bigger and stronger out of That's this. That's right.
1: We love you too, Kayla. Appreciate you. Don't forget tonight, seven o'clock, Spirit of Faith sessions. What's tonight? Eight. Session eight?
0: Session eight.
1: Session number eight tonight. These have been phenomenal. New beginnings. You do do not want to miss tonight. at 7 Eastern time for those of you watching around the world. 7 o'clock Eastern time. uh, That's New York City time. You don't want to miss tonight. Uh, Spirit of Faith sessions have been powerful. Yeah. A big, big thank you to everybody that's hanging with us every day, sowing seeds, praying for us. God's moving around the world. And I'm telling you, the tide is turning. That's and there's right. a hungry generation that's yeah. ready for the gospel of Jesus Christ.
0: Massive so, revivals, I believe, are breaking out from no this. No question.
1: No question. I'm Carolyn and I signing off, telling you we love you. We're going to leave you with...
0: A holy kiss. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we're we're going to leave you with... Uh, one of my favorite songs.
0: Hey, we love doing life with oh, you. please. Thank don't you for joining Miracle Word I Ministries' Nonstop life, mom in no. Miracle Word Kids <laughs> today on this Tuesday broadcast and taking this life's journey down the path. I don't like it. We appreciate you and love you. I don't like it. Doesn't that sound terrible? It's horrible. It's I don't so
1: like it. Gross. Enjoy this. I'm a Pentecostal. We'll see you tonight That's at 7. how
2: you gotta be. Later.
1: <laughs> well, yes.
2: Are you thankful for the Holy Ghost? I said, are you thankful for the Holy Ghost? I got to say this again tonight. Oh, I'm a Pentecostal. I am unashamed. Read the book of Acts, We are still the same. Worship God the Father. Lift up Jesus' name. We're Holy Ghost and fire in every way. I'm a Pentecostal. I am unashamed. Read the book of Acts, we are still the same We worship God the Father, lift up Jesus' name We're holy, ghost, and fire in every way I'm a Pentecostal, I am not ashamed. Read the book of Acts, we are still the same We worship God the Father, lift up Jesus' name Holy ghost and fire in every way. We've been known to get wild. Let our hair hang down. Drink till we get merry, rolling on the ground. We cranked up the music, dance all around, shouting hallelujah as His glory came down. It's just our style. That died in Jesus' name I'm a Pentecostal I am unashamed We're the Book of iron We are still the same We worship God the Father Lift up Jesus' name We're Holy host and fire In every way Still the same. We worship God the Father. Lift up Jesus' name. We're holy ghost in fire. Can I say it again? Yeah? Come on, clap those hands. Sound like can't meet again here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In case you didn't hear me, we've been known to get wild. Let our hair hang down. Drink till we get merry, rolling on the ground. We cranked up the music, danced all around, shouting hallelujah as your glory came down. It's just our style, the way we do our thing. We're the Pentecostals. Worship God the Father, lift up Jesus' name, we're Holy Ghost and fire. In Sing it again. I'm a Pentecostal. I am not the same. Read the word action. We are still the same. We worship God the Father. Lift up Jesus' name. We're Holy Ghost and fire. think was strange when I got this holy ghost I could not contain more exciting than a party higher than a drug is the greatest feeling being washed in his blood if you're tired of tradition religion's done you wrong And change. Feel the fire burning as the spirit fans the flame. There's millions who have come and millions on the way, leaving their dead churches for this Pentecostal pay. There's a hunger in the world that gets stronger every day. They're crying out for Pentecost. That is my we Strain when I got this Holy Ghost, I could not contain more exciting than a party, higher than a drug. It's the greatest feeling being washed in His blood. If you're tired of tradition, religion's done you wrong. Feeling dry and empty, no longer have a song. The story's not over, things for you can change. Feel the fire burning as the spirit fans the flame. There's millions who have. the stuff leaders should be made of.